We are in our second week of a series that I have titled, What's in a Name? What's in a Name? And we are looking at the different names of God. Today is one of my favorite names. Can I really say, I'll probably say that like every week, but uh, interesting story behind this name and me. The name that we are looking at this morning is the name El Shaddai, El Shaddai. So we are going to be in Genesis chapter 17. If you have a copy of God's word, turn to Genesis 17, and I'm going to read for us verses 1 through 8. Genesis chapter 17, verses 1 through 8. But before I read it, when I was eight years old, my mom and dad thought that it would be great for me to start piano lessons. And so I started piano lessons. I didn't want to play the piano, I didn't want to learn how to play the piano. And therefore, as I started piano lessons, guess what I did not do? I did not practice piano lessons during the week in between the times that I went to see the piano teacher from one Tuesday to the next, to the next, to the next. And it was not very long before this piano teacher said, hey, um, guess what? If you don't practice, you're not going to figure out how to play the piano for the recital. So why don't we do this? Why don't you sing? And I said, do I have to practice? She said, probably not outside our time. And I said, awesome, we'll sing. And so I did not tell my mom or dad that I was not practicing or playing piano any longer, that the hour they were paying for was no longer piano lessons, but it was singing lessons. And the whole year went by until it was recital time. Exactly. Didn't go over well. So the night of recital, here I go. I am up here similar to a stage like this with a piano similar to this, and I am supposed to sit down by said piano and start playing. Instead, my piano teacher <coughs> sits and I stand, and she starts to play Amy Grant's song, El Shaddai. And I am not going to sing it this morning. <laughs> but I sang it that night, and my mom's jaw dropped, and my dad's face was a little red because they had no clue that I was going to sing instead of play. But that song, if you go back to 1980s, it's been a while. Yes, it has. But if you go back to that time and you just think about that song, students, I know you have no clue what it is, so you can YouTube it after the service. But it speaks of this name that we are going to be introduced to this morning. 
The name El Shaddai is a compound name. comes from Elohim and Shaddai. El Shaddai. It means God Almighty. But it's not how you and I might think that it is God Almighty. When you and I think of God Almighty, we might have the tendency to think that this means God All-Powerful. That is not the name. That's not the direction that God is trying to get his people, Abraham, in Genesis chapter 17, and those who have read it afterwards. That's not the direction that he is trying to get across or the attribute that he is trying to get across. Yes, he is God Almighty. He is all-powerful, omnipotent. But this name, El Shaddai, means God All-Sufficient. God All-Sufficient. In understanding that terminology of this name, let me read for us Genesis chapter 17, verse 1 down through verse 8. As we see this all-sufficient God. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram. The Lord said to him, I am El Shaddai. Walk before me. Be blameless that I may make my covenant between me and you and may multiply you greatly. Then Abram fell on his face and God said to him, Behold, my covenant is with you and you shall be the father of a multitude of nations. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be Abraham. For I have made you the father of a multitude of nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful. And I will make you into nations. And kings shall come from you. I will establish my covenant between me and you. And your offspring after you throughout their generations. For an everlasting covenant. To be God to you. To your offspring after you. And I will... Give to you, and I will give to your offspring after you the land of your sojournings, all the land of Canaan, for an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. Father, as we look at this passage, may we see how you the all-sufficient God. How you have shown us who you are. How you, God, have described yourself. The oath that is here and the future that lays ahead so that we, spiritual sons and daughters of Abraham, might know You. Father, may You show Yourself to us clearly this morning. God, may we draw close. 
May we hear from you. For you have spoken and you desire for us to hear. We ask it in Christ's name. Amen. If you and I look at Genesis chapter 17, a number of things come out. I want to draw three of those for us this morning. The first is this. I need you and I need us to look at the people that are involved in this passage. Look at the people who are involved in this episode of history. Look at the people that are having a conversation together in this passage. There are namely two that are having a conversation. That of Abram and El Shaddai. God is speaking to Abram, and he has already spoken to Abram, and he continues to speak to Abram in this passage and even after this passage. But here are the people that are involved. The first is Abram. The name means mighty father. He's only been a father for 13 years now. He he is the father at this moment in In Genesis chapter 17, he is the father of Ishmael. If you were to go back a couple of chapters, chapter 15, you would see that God promises Abram the same thing. He said, I'm going to make you the father of a mighty nation. And Abram's like, "Um, God, I don't know if you understand this or not, but I'm in my 70s. And here's who my descendant is. And he doesn't point to a son because he doesn't have one. He points to his servant, Eleazar, and he says, "Um, I don't have a kid. And because I don't have a kid, he is going to get all this stuff that you've given me. And God says, oh, no, no. No, I'm going to make you a great father. And maybe just like you and I, A week rolls by, a month rolls by, maybe even a year rolls by. And then we think, well, God, you're not working fast enough, so let me do it myself. And he turns to Sarah, his wife, and Sarah says, I'm past childbearing years. Maybe my servant Hagar will give you the son. And that's what God wants. And so Abram takes it upon himself to know Hagar. And from that, there is Ishmael. And if you and I were to read a little further in Genesis chapter 17, in understanding who is having this conversation, God says, it's not going to be from Hagar and from Ishmael, but I am going to cause Sarai, your wife, to be with child. And Abram laughs and says, why don't you just do it through Ishmael? Have you ever had that conversation with God? Have you ever had that conversation where God says, no, I'm going to do it this way, and then you and I would say, Lord, I just see it a little different than you do, and it would be so much easier if you would just do it this way instead of that way. The 
the people involved. We have Abram, and God says, no longer is your name going to be Abram, but you are going to be Abraham. No, no longer are you going to be the father, a great father, but you are going to be the father of multitudes. From you, verse 6 states, I will make you into nations. From you, you will have kings. Not just a king, kings. A little later, you will see the lineage there in Genesis of Ishmael. Ishmael had 12 sons, and those 12 sons were great and mighty men, and they ruled nations. Isaac is born later in Genesis chapter 18, 19, and 20. We see that story unfolding of Isaac, and he is the father of Jacob, and Jacob has 12 sons. And from that line, Judah. From Judah, David, Solomon, and Jesus. Kings will be from you. Charles Spurgeon stated this. He said, the Lord meant the language here in these verses. He meant the language before us to be a gentle but unmistakable rebuke for him, for Abram, for Abraham. For he said, in effect, I am God all sufficient. I'm quite sufficient to fulfill my own purposes without Abram's help. Quite able to achieve my own designs without such a questionable expedient as that of Hagar or, or her son Ishmael. That is no doubt the divine intent in the declaration of all sufficiency. Then he says this, hear ye. Hear ye then these words. If you also have been at any time distrustful and let them sink into your souls, I am God all sufficient. If any of you are tempted at this time to do what is questionable, because you cannot see how God's promise to you will be affected without it. The Lord tells you, sir. The Lord tells me. The Lord tells us. He wants no help of yours to achieve His own designs. I am El Shaddai. Is anything too hard for me? When you and I look at that conversation, maybe we remember back to last week, fast-forwarding a number of decades and centuries after this event. Last week we saw an event on the backside of absolute nowhere where a man by the name of Moses questions Yahweh similarly. God I can't do this. God, I'm a nobody. God, will you please just send somebody else? God, would you please just do it my way instead of your way? And in this conversation, as we read it in Genesis chapter 17, verses 1 through 8, maybe you start thinking about your conversations with God. You ever had a conversation with God like this? 
God says to do A, and you say, why can't I do M? God says, I need you to go do this, and you say, you know, that's really not my gift set, Lord. Let me do that. I really would rather do that than this. Maybe it's not that you even bring up an option. Maybe you say, I cannot do that. I cannot do what you're asking me to do. I think that you want me to do it, Lord, but I can't. Have you never had the disposition like Jonah? to flee and go in a total different direction? Have you never pleaded like Jeremiah? Oh Lord, I am just a child. Have you never cried like Moses? I'm slow of speech. Send whoever you will send, but please not me. Yet the Lord says to you and the Lord says to me, then and now, Here is what I want you to do. Look back in these verses. and As we read it, I, I want to read it one more time. And as we read it, I want you to think about what Abraham is supposed to do in these verses. What does it state that Abraham is going to do? Not what God is going to do. I'm going to emphasize what God is going to do. But I want you to, to read with me what Abraham is supposed to do. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless, that I may make my covenant between me and you and may multiply you greatly. Then Abram fell on his face and God said to him, Behold, my covenant is with you. And you shall be the father of a multitude of nations. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be Abraham. For I have made you the father of a multitude of nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make you into nations, and kings shall come from you. I will establish my covenant between me and you, and your offspring after you throughout their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and to your offsprings after you. And I will give you and to your offspring after you the land of your sojournings, all the land of Canaan for an everlasting possession. I will be their God. What was Abram supposed to do? It's back in verse number one. Walk before me and be blameless. Walking before God and being blameless shows one thing. Obedience. You doing what God asks you to do, me doing what God asks me to do, whether you and I think that it's gifted, that we're gifted that way, whether you and I think that it's easy, or that somebody else could do it better, could do it faster. All he says to you, 
All he says to me, all he says to us, church, is this. Will you obey? Will you obey? You and I see the the conversation and the people that are there, but let's look at the oath. Second thing that we see in this passage, we see the oath. The oath that is given. I won't read for us again verses 1 through 8, but here's the oath. The oath is, I'm God, you're not. I'm going to do this. I'm going to make you a father of a great multitude. I'm going to do this. I'm going to start a covenant with you and all of your offspring. I will be their God. They will be my people. I'm doing this. It's my covenant and I am acting, God says. It's the same God who stated in Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3, Abram, leave your dad's house in Ur of the Chaldees and go to a place where I will tell you. And I will be your God. And I will bless you. And all the nations of the earth will be blessed through you. It's the same God. Same covenant in Genesis chapter 15 where he states, God, Abram, your descendants will be like the stars in heaven and like the sand on the seashore. And Abram's like, through Eleazar? And he said, no, 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 through you and your kids. This promise that God has spoken This promise that we see in these verses is a promise from the all-sufficient God. Sir, He says the same thing to you. He says, I am all-sufficient God. Will you trust me with your family? I am all-sufficient God. Will you trust me with Tuesday this week? It's going to be a tough day. I get it. I'm all-sufficient. I've gone ahead of you, and I've provided for you, as we'll see in coming weeks. But I'm all-sufficient God, and he's saying this to you. Will you trust me this week? Will you trust me with that conversation you know you have to have? With the person who does not like you and it is sandpaper, it is not a good conversation. Will you trust me? Will you trust me with the situation that you find yourself in and you don't think that there's a way out? I'm all sufficient, God, is what he's saying. And I have a covenant with you as my son, as my daughter, through Jesus. The oath that is given in Genesis chapter 17 is an oath not just for that moment, but an oath for the future. The promise to Abraham was given now this third time. And each time a little more is revealed. 
Not only is he just going to be a blessing for all nations and all the nations are going to be blessed through him, not only is it going to be just the stars of the heaven and the sand on the seashore, no, it's not going to be through Ishmael. I'll take care of him, but it's going to be through Sarah, your wife. And if you read that, it's verses 9 through 16, 9 through 18. If you read that, you see that he laughs. Abraham laughs. Abraham is 99. Sarah is 90. And he hears that it's going to be through Sarah. And he laughs. Now, I could stand up here for the next 15 minutes and try to tell you the difference between what happens when he laughs and a chapter or so later when Sarah hears about it and she laughs. Abraham does not get called out. Sarah does get called out. But both of them are reminded because Isaac is named Isaac and it means he laughs. So every time they call Isaac, they say, hey, he laughs, go take the trash out. He laughs, why don't you clean up your side of the tent? He laughs, why don't you go herd some of those goats into the pen? He laughs over and over all the days of the rest of their life. They are reminded of this. The question for us, before us this morning, how many times do you have to hear it before it sinks in? It was in front of Abraham and Sarah every moment of every day. A reminder of how great God was to them. A reminder that He is right there with them, bringing about His covenant, His plan. Because He was crying. He was wanting something to eat. He was not obeying. He was obeying. He was doing exactly what mom and dad wanted, not doing what mom and dad wanted. Them stating his name over and over again as they saw his face, they were reminded. This promise has been given. This promise has been given not only to Abraham and Sarah, but this promise for God to be our covenantal God has been given to you and me. Before we close this morning, may we see a third item from the passage. Not only do we see the people that are a part of the conversation, a look at this oath or a promise that is given, but let's see some prophecy. And look to the future that is ahead. Look, at, look with me in verses 6 through 8. Let me read it one more time. I will make you exceedingly fruitful. I will make you into nations. I will make kings. They shall come from you. I will establish my covenant between me and you and your offspring after you throughout their generations. Key in on this phrase. For an everlasting covenant. 
to be God to you, to be God to your offspring after you. And I will give to you and to your offspring after you the land of your sojournings. All the land of Canaan for an everlasting possession and I will be their God. All the land of Canaan. Do you know even to this day, to this day, Israel has not possessed all that God has promised her. In this passage, as God is laying out His covenant to Abraham, He says, I will give them the land of your sojournings. And then He goes on to describe it all the way to the great river in Egypt and the river Euphrates. That's what I will give you. Your offspring. That's what I'm going to give the Jews. Here is the future that is ahead. I don't know the number of times that a nation has tried to thwart, stop, delete the Jewish nation in all of history. It is numerous whether it, were, it was the Assyrians, whether it was one of the ites, even as they are getting started in Genesis and Exodus, whether it were, was the Egyptians to the time of Jesus, the Medes, the Persians, the Greeks, the Romans, the Turks, to even present day. But time after time, after time after time, God would not allow it. He gives a promise to him. Jeremiah chapter 31, verses 35 through 37. He states this to Israel in a time of need, in a time where it looked as if they were about to be obliterated off the face of the earth. He states this, thus says the Lord who gives the sun for light by day and the fixed order of the moon and the stars for light by night, who stirs up the sea so that its waves roar. The Lord of hosts is His name. If this fixed order departs from before me, declares the Lord, then shall the offspring of Israel cease from being a nation before me forever. Thus says the Lord, if the heavens above can be measured and the foundations of the earth below can be explored, then I will cast off all the offspring of Israel for all that they have done, declares the Lord. Adrian Rogers, in speaking of these verses, states this, For you to destroy the Jews, you would first of all have to destroy the power that regulates the universe. You would have to snatch the sun, the moon, the stars from the hand of God. You would no more destroy the heavens. You could no more destroy destroy Israel than you could destroy the universe or measure the height of the heavens. And every Jew upon the face of the earth today is living a sermon to the testimony of the faithfulness of God to Abraham so long 
ago. So let's look to the future about this nation. Zechariah chapter 12 verse 3 says this. On that day. A day that maybe you look forward to. I look forward to. But on that day. So that we can get to that day. This judgment day. There will be numerous hard days. On that day, I will make Jerusalem a heavy stone for all the peoples. All who lift it will surely hurt themselves. And all the nations of the earth will gather against it. If you turn to the end of the book, there is a valley in the land of Canaan. It is called the Valley of Armageddon, or the Valley of Armageddon. And there will be a day where it will be God's people against all the peoples of the earth. And all the peoples of the earth are trying to overthrow God's people. You say, does that mean the Jews? Yes, the Jews. Does that mean the church? Yes, I believe it does because we are spiritual sons and daughters of God. But on that day, I will make Jerusalem a heavy stone and all the nations of the earth will gather against it. God loves the Jews. He still loves the Jews. God has a plan for the Jews. He still has a plan for the Jews. Every nation that has tried to defeat the Jews have been defeated themselves. May this nation, may our nation, not go against the Jews. Why? Because they're His. They are His. From Genesis chapter 12 forward, He has made a covenant with them. Do you read there in Genesis chapter 17, verse 8? It says, how long will it last? An everlasting covenant. How long is everlasting? Forever and ever and ever. So when we are in heaven, when we're walking streets of gold, they will have a section of land. When God redoes the whole earth, guess what? Their section of land is right over there. It's going to be different. It's theirs. Everlasting covenant. Here is your land. Here are your people. May you and I, may you and I, as we go about our days, may you and I be reminded of this promise. You're like, Brian, what? Great history lesson. What does it have to do with 2018? Over and over and over again in the past, God has shown that He is all sufficient for Israel. 
over and over and over again in your past, God has shown you and He's shown me example after example of how He has worked, how He is working in and around you to draw you close. Will you trust Him? The example of Genesis chapter 17 for you and me is great for us to see this great, all-sufficient, almighty God. Father, we come. God, it is it's easy for us to chalk up a passage like Genesis chapter 17 and say that's a great thing that happened in the past. And think of you like that. One who has worked before, but, but not now. Father, it's, it's easy for me to, to think about how you worked with him Father, you desire to do the same and will do the same. You are all sufficient for me, just as you were for Abraham. You are all sufficient for us today. Would we walk before you right now? Sir, ma'am, this morning... The response time is for you. The response time is for us to obey. Will you, will we walk before Him? Will we trust Him? Will we obey? Will we obey with the small things that He has in front of us that we already know about? Will we obey? Will we obey with the large things? Today, this week, not just forever out in the future, but today, will we obey? Father, would you move? Would you draw us close? Speak. Speak, Father. Speak to my heart, to our hearts. So that we might walk before you and we might be blameless. Stand and join us as we sing.